AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. Good morning. Good morning on a sunny, very hot day. Be very careful. There's a heat wave, I believe. And, uh, well, I'd rather have that than no sun. I mean, no, yeah, I'd rather have that than rain, although I don't do that well with this weather. Sometimes my asthma flares up. So be careful. Don't stay out in the sun too long. Um, this is Dottie Herman, and you're listening to Ion Real Estate. So it's a uh, over 10 years, I think almost 12, and that we've been on the air, and we're proud to say that we are still the only show on talk radio that is about real estate and everything that has to do with real estate, which, uh, other than the pandemic, because that has taken over any kind of news you'd ever want to know, like I said to everybody, sometimes you just need to take a break from that. Uh, But never before, I mean, homes were always important, but now... Uh, so much because of sheltering in place and because of this virus, uh, you're going to see a surge. We're seeing a surge of people looking to buy all over, all over the country, um, because this has not left anybody. I mean, this virus has really attacked everyone. And people have had time to sit and think about, you know, where they want to be, uh, what they want to do, what, where they, where they want to live. Maybe their place is too big. Maybe their place is too small. Uh, maybe they'd rather be in a different state. And with the pandemic and all of us talking through social, you know, on social media and social and, and Zoom calls, um, I think the trend of people not really having to come to the office all the time if they don't have to is probably going to continue. So that makes people a lot more mobile and able to live in many different places. I'm joined with our two co-hosts, uh, Ace Watersuit-Farp and Ace... Uh, how are you? Ace is the vice president of Citizens Bank, and he probably knows more about mortgages and <clears throat> the real estate market, and I think he knows a lot about a lot. He's probably listed as one of the most up-and-coming people, major people in this uh, Manhattan, and uh, you'll watch. He's going to take over the world. Hi, Ace. Hi, Dottie. How are you? It's beautiful. How are, you? are you in the city? Are you outside the city? or you? I am in the city, Dottie. So it's, yeah, uh, I'm coming it's in. Nice. I have a doctor's appointment Monday, so I have to come in over the weekend. And I said, gee, it's going to be a nice heat wave, so uh city should be kind of stuffy. But it's, yeah. but I'm looking it's, forward it's to it. I haven't body. seen it. I haven't been there for about a couple of weeks now. So everything's coming back to normal, I understand. Seems like it's yeah, starting to pick up coming back again. to normal, Dottie. Well, that's good. I'm going, that's why I'm looking forward to it. I was there about a month ago. I, I guess I was there when we were still unlocked, you know, when the city was really not open. And there was no cars. There was no taxis. And, you know, there was nothing open. I think I saw a Starbucks. I went crazy. I said, oh, my God, Starbucks. And I walked, I, you can't really walk in. You just had to go to the door. They met you. They asked you what you wanted. And then you said, whatever. Then they made you go back outside because they were being very safe. They made you go back outside. And then when your order came through, they called your name, you picked it up, and then left. 
and nobody could, you know, everyone had to stay outside in line. So, but I think that's good, and I actually think with the governor taking it easy and really making us, uh, really taking extra precautions probably helps New York because New York State is probably the lowest or one of the lowest. Uh, with yeah, it's one of the lowest, Dottie. And, and you know what's happening now is some restaurants are not following the um, social distancing rules. So yes. what the mayor said was um, the mayor will imply fines now if uh, they find that restaurants aren't following social distancing. So, you know, we are taking some really, really good precautions, Dottie. So hopefully it stays this way and um, yeah. you know, we'll get through this. So. We will get through this. And, and, while we, and I want to finish talking about what the mayor is doing, but I want to also our co-host Steve Ebert. Hi, Steve. Um, Steve is a partner in Barton LLP, one of the top real estate law firms in New York City, specializing in real estate law. So, of course, if you have any legal questions, or dilemmas, he's here to help, and there's so much going on there, and there's so many people that have questions that are legal issues that we're so glad to have Steve. He's really an expert in real estate. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing great, Dottie, and good morning, Ace. Um, You know, I'm here here in northern Westchester, but I was in the office uh, in Manhattan. We're two blocks from Grand Central uh, uh, four days this week, Um, so it's nice to see some increase in activity, and even had a chance to join a business colleague uh, for uh, lunch. Uh, we went to a place that uh, had a top floor that opens up, so they're able to have a few tables there because it's alfresco. So it's that's, great. Yeah, that's great. I'm 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 actually like looking forward to coming in, even though it's really a hot, hot weekend. Uh, but I haven't been there since I said to Ace a couple of weeks ago, and. Uh, we was, I guess it was more than that. It might have been a month and a half ago, and you know the city was still shut down. So now everybody's you know starting to get back. I don't really think most people are fully going to be back until at least September. That's just what I see because I see a lot of people still here and saying, "Well, we're going to go back in September," or they're just going back maybe once or twice if they can. But I'm anxious to see it back to it's coming back to normal again because it was very eerie to be in the city and not and i know you guys have to agree with me when you walked into the city and there were just no people no cars no taxi it was kind of an eerie feeling i mean so i'm glad it's it's you know it's, it's back it's, and it'll be back in its entirety it's just going to take us a little bit um what do you and we were just talking about the mayor um, and how how he's really done. I mean, I, this is not political. We're just we went from the the hot, the epic, the hot spot of you know New York had the most cases and by far of any any state, and now we're right in the top three, or I think we're the lowest of number of cases. And you know, I have to give credit to the mayor for helping the governor, not the mayor. Please let me take that back, uh, <laughs> the governor. Uh, so what are you thinking? You know, I mean, you think that because now I heard him say on the news also that if he sees violators, he's going to give them like you know a summons, and if you have three summons, then you are you you can you can lose your liquor license, which is obviously how they make their money in restaurants. And uh, I think he's serious. I just yes. was wondering though, maybe Ace, you could. You know, since you have restaurants, I saw, you, I saw that some of the restaurant owners saying, "Well, it's not our fault because 
you know, some of the people, and I noticed it where I am also, because they're really not social, the tables might be six six feet apart. But then people will just go over to somebody's table, pull their chair over. People will be walking in the street and see someone they know, and they'll just walk over. And the the owners of the restaurant said, you know, how can we, you know, we're not the police. I mean, how can we enforce that? But he's telling them that they, that they how do they handle that? Because he's saying that that's their problem. They have to, you know, not make that happen. Their their problem, Dottie, they have to crowd control, and that's one of the things that the governor has come out and said. Hey, if we have folks out there checking, uh, we better you better make sure that you guys are holding, um, you know, the the restrictions um, quite um, seriously, right? Because so many restaurants now, especially today, some, you know, weather like today, Dottie, on a Saturday, you're gonna get, you know, drones of folks going into the restaurants, the bars sitting outside congregating so it's in it's very important that the restaurants really uh, make sure that they manage the crowd control and, and make sure that there's distance amongst tables and and folks so but look i think i think it's all dependent upon each owner and and how seriously they take these sort of um these restrictions but i, I do know that a lot of folks from the police department are coming out to the restaurants just making sure that everything is is following suit, right? Just to ensure that the city is safe and and that we're following protocol. So I think well, you're right. People yeah, don't I do it deliberately, but, I, I, but I've noticed that well, you know when when I go to the restaurants that you know people just come over. Or they see so you know everyone's been on lockdown. Body. People yeah. are you know they're they're happy to see people they know or see other humans. Okay, so they just don't even think about it, or you know, yeah, it's not something yeah. they're doing deliberately to break the law or something. They'll just come not, over, yeah. and <laughs> even the other day, somebody came over and hugging me, and I'm like, "Well, it was too late. They hugged me." But so I, I think that it's good just to have some presence with you know policemen, just because I don't think it's deliberate. I think it's just people are happy to see people, and uh, you know, see other people, and then be out. Uh, and those are things kind of we took for granted. So now uh, I think we realize how important they are. I have yeah, to also, tell you both. I, I remember, if I can add this, I remember when New York City first, before when statewide, implemented the smoking ban, right, in bars and restaurants and right. how that, oh, that phased in. And, and there was a lot of concern. There were cases where the, the, the restaurateurs, the bar owners would say, hey, how could I be responsible for a fine? And they got very significant quickly if one of the patrons just lit up a cigarette. And, and, you know, what happened is you had a few issues, I think, a little bit, and then people got the message pretty fast. And, um, you know, generally, you know, now, today, years later, people wouldn't think of, oh, the concern and, and the potential threat of fines when that law first came out a bunch of years ago, which were really top of mind for owners. Yeah, I actually remember, Stephen, when they were the – the bars especially were worried that they would lose all their business because everybody smoked then. You know, you would see on Marcus Welby, that doctor was smoking a cigarette on TV, okay? So everybody was smoking. And the bars, I mean, half of the bars, I mean, everybody smokes. You were allowed to smoke on planes. And I think a lot of the bars were worried that people wouldn't come if they couldn't smoke. But P.S., I think New York City was pretty on top of that also. They were pretty, you know, they, they stuck to those rules. And um, it all worked out. We adopted to not smoking. Uh, but if you go back, if you're old enough to remember, everybody smoked. 
And I had the biggest crush on the Marlboro Man. There was always posters of him, and he was so good-looking. Anyhow, I have to tell you both uh, an experience I just had. Um, Yesterday at 7.30 in the morning, a.m., I got a call from a friend of mine who's out here and said, Dottie, uh, you know, you were at my house, and there was a girl. Oh, she said, did anyone call you? And I said, no. And probably about a week ago, she had about maybe 10 people at her house, but she lives on the water, so we were outside. So I said, no. She said, I said, why? She said, well, somebody at my house was uh, called by a tracer and said that she was exposed to COVID. Now, apparently, and again, I don't really know the rules on this, Steve, and maybe you do, but apparently the tracer called this girl and said that whoever it was that she was with did not want to identify him or, him or herself. So, therefore, all that she could know was that she was in contact with somebody that had the virus, and she had to figure it out. And um, so my friend said, you better, you know, we better get tested. So I said, well, I'm going into the city, and I have some appointments. I don't want to take the chance. Plus, you know, I have asthma and stuff, and so I really have to be very careful. So I found a place that does testing. You don't make an appointment. You just wait on this line. Because I had the test a couple of weeks ago or a month ago. When I was in the city, I had it. My doctor gave it to me, and you sent the results to the lab. And five days later, they told you the results. So I found this place that tells you they give you results in 15 minutes. It's called a quick te- a quick something. Yeah, the rapid and test. I, you know, you can't call. I just went there, and online... You know, I got there at 10.30 in the morning. I asked people that were online there since 6.30, and they go, yeah, like I said, they said, the, and then I asked about the wait. They said, oh, it's about five and a half hours. And for me, you know, I can't take a chance. I, plus, I, if I, you know, I had appointments. So I said, all right, I'll wait. Now, we waited outside. It was kind of this kind of weather, very hot. And um, everyone told me, yeah, I'm 15, you know, once you get tested, it's 15 minutes and you get the results. And P.S. Um, besides that, I was happy to see that most of the line were people that were in their 30s, early 30s, maybe early, late 20s. And I asked a lot of them because, you know, in five and a half hours, you end up talking to people. Uh, you know, and they said that their parents wanted them to get tested because so many young people don't have symptoms. They're asymptomatic, and um, they don't even know they have it. And then they pass it on to people, maybe their grandparents, their parents, or people that, you know, that could cause harm. So they were just having it done. And after five and a half, I think it was five hours, I got away with a, you know, a five-hour wait. Uh, I went in. The test took one second again. And in 15 minutes, they gave me a certificate, and it said negative. And I have the so – so then – while I was on the line, I was talking to some people, and this woman tells me, oh, I go every two weeks for a test. And I said, every two weeks? And she said, yeah, because I don't know what she had that was an underlying condition that she was afraid she would get it, and that she felt that, you know, because if you have the test, maybe the next day you could get it. Is that how it works? Is it only good for one day? I don't know how long the test is good for, per se. The problem is, right, you could have had a test done the day before you went to that social event and then got it at the social event. 
and then it would take a few days to manifest symptoms, right? So that that's, you know, the test, the testing is also a little bit of skill, a little bit of luck in, in your timing uh, when you take it. You know, yeah, well, that's and, what I, I, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was wondering because, as you know, as I said, at five and a half hours on the line, you, you end up talking to people. You know, we were all social distanced, but we talked because, you know, it's a long time. And I was just wondering, and I know this has nothing to do with real estate, but, you know, it's what's going on today. I I thought to myself, well, then really, it's a false sense of security to think if you had the test, you're okay. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that's one of one of the concerns. You know, right now, it's a rolling average, right, that they use, and that's the stat. And right now, New York State is on average at like 1% of, of tests that are positive. You know, some are under, some are a little bit closer to two, but statewide it's about 1%, um, the latest statistics on it. And But this is the problem. I think about this for a second. If, let's say, you didn't do the test, or let's say you did the test, you came out negative, but it you didn't get, you, let's say you took the test slightly too early before it really manifests itself. So let's say all of a sudden now it went from one to somebody innocent, so let's say 10 people, and then all of a sudden you go to the city with a whole raft of appointments. You can see how very quickly, with that false sense of security, as you rightly mentioned, it can go from very low and really explosive growth fast. And that's, well, that's the, the concern. And just how do we manage the right balance of opening smartly? Um, yeah. Maybe you guys could um, tell me if you think I'm correct on this. I mean, look, I... You know, what I do is, you know, I influence, I speak to people, you know, I run a company, and communication for any person is really key. I mean, you know, in your business, Steve, and Ace, communication is really, you know, we have to be good communicators. And my concern is that if you listen to any of the stations, I won't bar any of them, they all, really, no one really tells you that. I mean, they don't, they don't say, they basically, you know, say you should get tested. And, you know, they always give the test, you know, the rates of, you know, and then, you know, they'll say, well, the more tests, the more, you know, X amount of people have tested. But what they don't tell you is, by the way, that test, like on the paper, I have it in front of me, but they don't, what they don't tell you is that test really, is good at that moment in time, I would guess, and that's about the end of it. And that maybe you should get tested more than once. But see, I asked the doctor there, and he said to me, well, these rapid tests, which is what they're trying to uh, bring, because if you go to a, a doctor, most of those take five days before you can get results. These, But this says, um, basically, I'm just reading it, it says, the, the, the test is designed to minimize the likelihood of false positive tests. However, in the event of, you know, that it's not exactly accurate. But, you know, you should take it if you have symptoms. So I just wonder, maybe I'm going to try to get somebody who can try to explain that on the show. Um, because I, how often do you should you take the test? I'm really not sure. I don't think anyone is. And, um, we'll get someone on the show maybe next week to, who knows more about that. But I did take it, and I was negative, thank goodness. We'll be right back. We're, you're listening to Iron Real Estate. We'll be right back after the break. We have a lot of great things to talk about. That are- 
It's a common practice for some companies to lay off workers as they approach retirement, leaving them high and dry for a pension. It's good economics, but is it also unfair? This weekend on Champions of Justice, Tom Girardi gets the scoop on the story with Peter Bennett, an attorney who has fought for workers' rights all his life. Surprisingly, he's not a fan of unions. Tune in Champions of Justice, Sunday mornings at 10, here on AM 970, The Answer. Are you or your parents' assets protected from nursing home bills? Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement, to leave their hard-earned dollars to loved ones or charities of their choice. But when people become ill and need to go into a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain your assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. You can keep your control and your choice over your assets. Connors & Sullivan's lawyers can customize a plan that's specific specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free, initial, comprehensive telephone consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. You can also visit them at connorsandsullivan.com. Don't let nursing home bills take your life savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today. Hey, Susan, how's your daughter? Must be so tough planning a wedding during this time. It's been a challenge. We're feeling so cooped up and fear people won't want to be at a tight wedding reception. Have you thought about a private yacht? That would be beautiful and impressive, plus plenty of fresh air. Good idea. I'm ready to get something on the calendar to look forward to. Call Francesca at Fran's Touch of Class. She'll fill you in on the yachts and describe the delicious cuisine and all the services provided. She'll make every detail perfect. If you're planning a wedding or engagement party, a corporate event, birthday or anniversary party, bar or bat mitzvah, why not consider having it on a luxury private yacht? Let Francesca find you the yacht that's best for your event. Fully insured, Coast Guard certified and compliant with all COVID-19 protocols, she has beautiful vessels in her fleet that can accommodate from two to over a thousand, and guests can board at convenient locations throughout the metropolitan area. Call 212 385 9400, 212 385 9400, or visit franstouchofclass.com. Hey, are you guys open? Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation, is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Contact Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. Take AM 970 The Answer anywhere you go with our mobile app. Get in on iTunes, Google Play, or listen on TuneIn, iHeart, Alexa, or Radio.com. You know what's not healthy? Stressing about work. Or maybe you're out of work. Stop. Hit reset. You can start a new life as an IT pro in as little as four months from the comfort of your own home, even if you have zero computer experience. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. Live online classes meet just twice a week. An emergency relief grant of up to $3,500 is available to those who qualify. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. It's happening in just days. Publishers Clearinghouse will be ready to award $7,000 a week for life. That's $7,000 a week, week after week, for life. Don't miss your last chance to win. Go to pch.com and enter before it's too late. 
That's pch.com. Better hurry if you want the next big winner to be you. Enter now at pch.com. Entries due 826. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to I on Real Estate. And I especially always I really want to thank Citizens Bank for their support of this show. As Citizens has opened up a COVID-19 resource center, and they want you to know that they're always there for you. Um, they will assist you, and they understand the, the, the tremendous amount of pressure everyone is in. And so if you need them, if you need to talk about anything, anything with the COVID crisis has affected you financially uh, and you have a situation, you can call them. They're there. Um, they have helpful ser- services and resources, and um, you can get them. I'm not going to give you their website. Just leave us a, a message at the radio show or get us on Facebook, which is I on Real Estate, uh, which is our Facebook page, or you can get me or anybody uh, at com, And then there's a link to everybody's um, personal website. So if you go to that, you'll get everyone. I, before I continue the show, I want to take a quick question from Rick from Freeport. Good morning, Rick. How are you doing? Hi. Good morning, guys. Happy, happy New York heat. <laughs> well, you know what it is today, Rick? It is, and I really just have to say, I'm sure everyone does not know this, but for those who don't know, which I'm one of them, but I looked it up, today is World Listening Day, and it's a global event that started in 210, um, and it celebrates the listening practices that occur around the world, as well as acoustic ecology, that studies relationships between humans and the natural world, and dozens of organizations and thousands of people participate in this day each year, and uh, it, there is a new theme in the events that reflect that theme. So they, people participate by taking sound walks, listening to field recordings, going to site-specific performance. So happy World Day. <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right. Well, I guess we guys, both I have we a real... learned something today. What's going on in Long Island, Rick? Oh, I don't know about Long Island, but this is about uh, a refi that I that I started in the middle of March down in my uh, condo in West Palm, and okay. I'm still uh, I'm still in the underwriting uh, phase, and it just continually goes on and on. So my Question is, should I just hang on? Should I look elsewhere? I'm just just curious. What should I do at this point? Well, Rick, I, um, I can I can help uh, help you out here. But Rick, is there did the underwriter or the bank that you went with? Did they give you reasons why it's hung up? Is it conditions on on a current you know bank yes. statement income? No, 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 nothing, nothing personally. They just say, uh, in layman's terms, the climate. The climate, okay, so capacity issues. Uh, well, what you can do, uh, Rick, is maybe look around with, with alternative banks and see how long it's going to take them to close out your refinance. But most importantly, it's the rate, right? You really need to consider what rate did you lock in at. Well, the bank that you went with, will they – um, offer free extensions. A lot of banks right now with 
the environment today with capacity issues, they are offering free extensions. Um, so if, they, if they're giving you a free extension to close, um, it may be worthwhile to stay with them. But again, it's situation case by case, right? So. But Abe, well, I, I, wait, 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 wait. Is, but wouldn't, when, yeah. when did you apply? I'm just curious. Wouldn't the rates have been higher? Because the rates are really low now. I mean, they're under 3%. When did you apply? They had to be higher no, than I, that. No, uh, uh, this was probably, uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, this is probably middle of April. I think I was a little slow to the boat. Mm -hmm. uh, but, and I've been in touch with different, as a matter of fact, I tried emailing UAs, but maybe it didn't go through. Uh, but basically, the number that I'm hearing and getting is three and a quarter. You know, that 3.07 that, that they're advertising doesn't seem to be available for condo refis. Yeah, with the condo, uh, Rick, there's there's other factors involved as in terms of a non-warrantable condo, things of that nature, which we won't get into on this call today. But Rick, if you want to email me, sometimes um, emails go to spam. So what I'll do is um, leave your information with the uh, with the producer, and I'll be in touch with you on Monday. But That's, you know, we'll we'll take yeah, a, that would be yeah, super. We'll, yeah, we'll take a look at your file. Um, if there's anything I can do to help, um, I sure will for sure, Rick. Okay. All right. Yeah, leave good. your Thank number you. with the with the producers, and okay. and Ace will get back to you in person. That's great. A lot Appreciate it, guys. Thank you, and have a you a too. You too. Be Thanks. safe. Uh, we will. We will. <laughs> we will try <laughs> to be safe. Yeah, but Ace, didn't you say that uh, pretty much things are you know there's you know there's an overflow of people trying to get stuff and you really needs it's probably like caught up they may have be overwhelmed with paper you know with with people trying to refinance could it yeah, there's be that still, there's there's still record breaking numbers in terms of folks applying Dottie, and that's why most banks have gone to a 90 day uh rate lock right because there's been such an influx of folks just looking to refinance their properties but you know again every bank is different you know um citizens bank our turn times are right around 70 days so it doesn't take too long as long as each client is prepared with documentation, things of that nature. So, um, you know, I'll, I'm sure I'm sure Rick is in the same situation in terms of just going to a bank with tremendous capacity issues. But I'll, I'll definitely give him a call on Monday and see what we can do to help for sure. And, and that's why it's so important for our folks to, to, to hear that almost everybody in America, if you can qualify to refinance, is refinancing right now. So don't miss the boat. You know, come on in. You know, at least inquiry, right, Dottie? You talk about this all the time. But no, Steven, but, you talk but about this I need, I need a personal. You see, I went to refinance probably when Rick did like a month ago, and I just did, never yeah. filled out all the paperwork. And as it turns out, it's probably lower now than when I even did it. But I wasn't. I just got negligent. I'm going to be back in the city, so I probably will give them a call. Maybe uh, somebody will leave the paperwork in my office or something, and I'll pick it up. Yeah. And, get it in because uh, I don't want to miss. And like everybody else, I mean, I give good advice, but sometimes we don't take it. I, I had Ace give me all the papers. I've refinanced this apartment I don't know how many times. And uh, then I put them down, and then I, you know, left for a while, and, you know, I just never filled them out. So now I'm yeah. like, oh, well, you better just do it and be done with it before, you know, it's too late. And so I will do that over a Monday. So thank you for that. And thanks for 
always being on my case because Ace is always, okay, you got to refinance again, and I've done that, and it's really been a great a great tool, and it's going to save you thousands and thousands of dollars. So do not, you know, and we all do this, including me, I just, you get busy, you get on to other things, and you forget to take care of what's most important, yourself and your own financial stuff. So just give us a holler, or leave us a phone number, and um, Ace or somebody from the citizens team will get back to you, and we'll tell you how much your savings will be, and whether it's smart for you to do it. But I would say, um, what are they, under three now? I mean, that's historic. I don't think they've ever been this low. So, you know, they can it's, only go yeah. up. We asked Ace last week. They can only go up. How yeah, it, do, you, do you think they'll ever go down anymore? We don't think they can. You said that you don't think it could possibly go down anymore. I don't think so, Dottie. I mean, right now, if you're looking for a 30-year fixed rate and you have a credit score of 740 and above, the rate that you would be getting is 2.875, Dottie. We've never really seen these type of rates before um, in the last 50, 60 years, right? So 2.875 on a 30-year fixed rate, folks, that's, that's an amazingly, amazingly low rate. So. Yeah. Oh, I found something cute, you know, just to be on the lighter side. You know, as you know that people have been locked up or they can't travel anymore and they're, they're you know, they're not traveling or they – afraid to get on planes. So there's a company there, okay, and it says, and, they, and I, I read this, it's really kind of fun, if you need to escape your quarantine, uh, and it says the websites, so these are, uh, you know, I tell you, in, in, in all times people figure out how to find a new business. These guys uh, let you gaze out of strangers' windows across the globe to escape the boredom of quarantine. So it's a new website, now listen to this, it lets you escape your quarantine by gazing out strangers' windows from across the globe. The site is called, and you have to try it, Window Swap. And it lets people submit, so you submit a 10-minute video with audio showing the view out of your window. And visitors can cycle between windows as they please. And uh, you can, and, and it's all over the country, you can get... Singapore, actually the people that created it was in Singapore. And there's another one, it's Window Swap, and there's a similar one, Take Me Elsewhere. Okay, and uh, that's a new business. Okay, so I want to try it. Well, Window Swap, we'll be right back. We're going to talk about what's going on in the tri-state in the real estate This is Greg Floyd, president of Teamsters Local 237. Join me for Reaching Out. We'll talk about the issues that matter the most to working families, union members, and everyone who cares about the future. On the next Reaching Out, Greg speaks with former Reuters bureau chief and now executive director of the Committee to Protect Journalists, Robert Mahoney, about the safety needs of journalists working abroad. It's Reaching Out with Gregory Floyd, Saturday night at 7 on AM 970, The Answer. In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust. At a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion. There is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream, who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers every Sunday morning at 8.30 a.m. 
You won't just hear partisan spin. You'll hear directly from the newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. On the Cats Roundtable, you won't just hear about politics. You'll hear about science, business, education, animal rights, and any other topics that you're interested in. Catch the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning starting at 8.30 on AM 970. The Answer. Napa know-how. Right now, get five quarts of Napa full synthetic motor oil plus a platinum oil filter for just $22.98. Why does synthetic motor oil give your engine superior lubrication and protection? Because science. That's why. Pick up five quarts of Napa full synthetic plus a platinum oil filter for just $22.98. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 731.20. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or radio.com. This is Greg Floyd, president of Teamsters Local 237. Join me for Reaching Out. We'll talk about the issues that matter the most to working families, union members, and everyone who cares about the future. On the next Reaching Out, Greg speaks with former Reuters bureau chief and now executive director of the Committee to Protect Journalists, Robert Mahoney, about the safety needs of journalists working abroad. It's Reaching Out with Gregory Floyd, Saturday night at 7 on AM 970, The Answer. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to I on Real Estate. And before we get into some serious subjects, I want to give you a quick uh, wrap-up of what's going on around uh, the New York City area. So let me start off by uh, saying that Greenwich, Connecticut, is back. Okay, uh, and that's for sure. It's definitely back. Greenwich, for the first time in 25 years, had a stronger performance than New York City. Um, obviously, there's a drift towards, you know, houses and, and, and they all want pools. And uh, inventory is down. I mean, there's not a lot of stuff out there because everyone's buying it up. Uh, some people have rented. Some people are buying. And we think a lot of those rentals will turn into sales. So Greenwich is uh, doing fairly well. It's not fairly well, very well. And it really hasn't. It was one of those, you know, when when we were in the heat of the market, which was right before the pandemic, Westchester, uh, Jersey, 
Long Island, everybody went up except really Greenwich, but now Greenwich is outperforming um, New York City, which is the first time, as I said, a record in 25 years. Fairfield County uh, sales declined, but sales have declined everywhere. So when you see sales declined, it's not because people weren't buying it, it's because we were shut down. And nobody could really, it was a non-essential business, and really people couldn't really sell real estate, so at least here. So, uh, But in Fairfield, it's the fastest single-paced market in 14 years. Uh, obviously, Boston, you know, that's kind of really stopping, and I don't know if that's picked up yet because it's kind of a city, and I think people are kind of shying away from cities right at the moment. Now, what's really increased is Florida, uh, a Boca Raton, I've got sales have declined, okay, but uh, their prices have rose. And so so be it. Palm Beach is really, forget about Palm Beach. It's off the wall. Um, Jupiter and Palm Beach, uh, the, the condo price indicators uh, have seen the largest jumps. Uh, so a lot of people are going to Florida. I don't know, you know, now that they really have the virus there in a big way, but a lot of people are going to Florida. But I think that's, and we can talk about that later, I think that that is also because of the tax situation in New York. So we're going to urge our New York York, uh, decision makers to try to to put a cap on them. But Florida, uh, Palm Beach surged in the second quarter, you know, and they really have a lot of people buying. I just know of two big sales that just happened from Douglas Elman. One was like $22 million and one was probably higher than that. Uh, but a lot of, and we had, you know, people on, a lot of developers are buying parcels in Florida to build single residential homes that are, you know, 400000 that price. So they expect a lot. Uh, of activity in Florida. The housing market around New York City is definitely booming. Like everything around New York City uh, is, is really gone off the wall. And I don't know, I'll ask, I'll ask Ace and Stephen, and if you, you know, if you, if you have a thought on it, please call us and give us your ideas or what you're thinking, because obviously nobody knows for sure. But do you see this as a trend that's going to continue? The People moving outside of big cities into the suburbs or, you know, trying to get places where there's more space? What do you think this is just kind of while the COVID is, is going on? What, do you, what are your thoughts? Not that there's any, no, anyone knows 100%. Sure. Um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. No, as you say, nobody knows yet. we got to be, I think, be careful about also percentages. Like Greenwich is a good example you know, that you've seen a big increase in activity, but also we should go off the baseline number. You know, what when things are in a normal market, um, what Greenwich does in a year, Manhattan does in about a day um, in, from a volume point of view. So I guess I would say be I would be a little cautious on setting a trend before we've seen a little bit more data. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, there's going to be some time, and we've said this before, before the cities are really fully back to normal. Elements are back to normal. You know, businesses and landlords are working things out and have to work things out to some degree to make sure that there is the environment and the services that people are looking for. Um, but that leads to the big question. Are, are people really looking for a temporary situation, um, enjoying the outdoor space during the summer months? You know, how will they feel about... Um, a different lifestyle 
you know, winter time um, and things like that, uh, driving versus walking around, things like that. So I'm not fully convinced that we have a trend yet. I, I think, you know, we've seen some good news in the markets, which are great. I mean, I live in the suburban markets in Westchester. Um, but also what I'm seeing is for some of the buyers, is it more second home? Is it also people who planned on making that decision, but instead of doing it a year or two from now, they're doing it now? And that's where yeah. I think the data is a little incomplete. Well, to your point, Steve, uh, to your point, uh, the real estate market in Manhattan, of course, was, you know, and so you'll read these stories, but there's always more to than what you read, uh, has been down 78% between June and April and June compared with the second quarter of 2019. But from April to June, we were on lockdowns. So we weren't allowed to sell anything or show anything, and buildings wouldn't let anybody in. Um, however, uh, you know, and, and homes were down. But New York, you know, under all these circumstances, still pretty, I mean, thinking about it, did pretty well because we sold in the pandemic when we weren't allowed to show anything. We, when I say we, the Manhattan, you know, at all brokerages together, 41 properties sold that were worth more than $10 million. And um, 19 of them between March and June. Now, that's a big dip from 2019 when there was 100 properties that sold over that price. However, that's pretty good when we're on lockdown and you can't see properties. And one thing that people fail to remember is that New York City, the luxury market, faced two years of falling prices well before the, the virus, uh, you know, you know, building inventory, they had, like, a, an abundance of very, very high end. They overbuilt. Uh, and then, you know, the taxes, the taxes, the taxes, the taxes. So a lot of people left to lower tax states. So New York's got to fix up that stuff. But it's still one of the most important cities in the world, and it's considered, you know, New York City is New York City. And uh, it's it's always going to be. As I said, somebody asked me, well, how long do you think? You know, I think a year or two, but I think you're going to really see in September people really start to really come back. I think it's, as I said, New York never is busy at this time. People always have, you know, try to get away at this time. The kids are in camp or they're home on vacation. And so people are, you know, doing a lot more day traveling or traveling close. I think second homes are going to be really on the rise. And like you said, Steve, a lot of people might buy a smaller place in the city or rent something in the city and buy a second home. Uh, but we're, but I guess it's too early for, I would say, that us to call trends yet. I agree with you. And the other so thing I want to point out, if I can just say one other thing, and, and, and the segue for also for Ace, is there's some very interesting news that some people maybe took as a negative, I took as a very big positive. Uh, Goldman Sachs set aside about $2.6 billion and uh, K.P. Morgan Chase set aside, I believe it was about $14 billion as a reserve fund in case loans go bad or problems. And I thought that that was an amazing, A, thing to do because of having the reserves. But the fact that the banks were in such a strong position to say, we're just going to move billions of dollars around as a rainy day fund, 
says a lot to me, and as we all know, New York is such a financial center, but it says a lot as to actually the financial strength of these institutions, which is radically different than we were 12 years ago when we had a real banking crisis. So to me, the fact that the banks could say, oh, we're just going to move over $14 billion, not, not that it's nothing, but really in, in an almost cavalier way was, to me, really an amazing endorsement in the strength of the financial system. True. And, you know, if you if you really do any homework or, you know, and, and, and people just get information from things that happened already because everyone says, well, what's it going to be like? You know, what's the new normal? And um, to, to just give you a little insight, as I've said on every single real estate show we've done for the last month, I, the real, it's the time to buy now, okay? The rush you, with the interest rates at historically low, the lowest rates. Um, and if you follow what I, you know, look at the rich people, look at the people who have a lot of money who make money, and follow and look at what they're doing. And uh, the very, very rich are borrowing against their real estate portfolios to find new real estate opportunities. Uh, a family based in Asia just took out 50, a fifty million dollar loan against the portfolio of London properties to purchase private equity investments and, and things in New York. Uh, nobody wants to capitalize on anybody's misfortune, but real estate investors, when you take the emotions out of it, many of them have been waiting for this for a decade because New York was so expensive. So now for those people, if, so, uh, you know, again, it's a horrible, you know, this virus is horrible, but it does create opportunities. And... We see that buyers remain active. They're, they, you know, they're they're cautious, but they're active, and they're, you know, they the home ownership that is really still people want to own more so I think than ever, and the millennials, which we're going to talk about them later, later, they believe in home ownership. They want to own, and with, there's not a lot of inventory, and uh, as you know, economist Dr. Lauren Young who does all of the predictions for the NAR. And he just basically says the temporary softening of the real estate market will likely be followed by a strong rebound once the economic quarantine is lifted and it's critical the supply is sufficient. Because right now, you might hear that there's millions of rentals, but in the right price ranges, the supply, you know, and nationally is not as big as everyone thinks. So there's a lot of opportunity, and we see a lot of activity. And ACE, not only with Douglas Elliman, you are bombarded with not only refinances, but with people looking for mortgages, correct? Oh, Dottie, you know, week after week, we've seen tremendous increase in applications. And, you know, I, I wanted to go back and just talk a little bit about, you know, the trends that we're seeing, right? And I think you know, people, they purchase real estate, and probably 80% of the decision-making is emotional, especially when it's for your own home. And I think it's important, and, and I'm so happy to see, you know, areas like Greenwich come back to life. Um, Long Island is as busy as a, as they've ever been. Long, yeah. Long, Long Island City, Queens, I mean, these areas are so sought after um, because of COVID-19 that it's it's really great, right? It's it's great for these the suburb um I guess, marketplaces. But more importantly, I think what we have to remember is that Manhattan, the reason why the decision is that much easier is because everything's shut down. So, you know, to, to Stephen's point, 
and to your point, Dottie, a lot of folks were thinking about having second homes in these different areas. I think COVID just expedited that sort of mindset, right? So I think it's too early to see in terms of a trend, but we are seeing so many folks look at these suburb locations as a second home where in the summer they can go and enjoy with their families. Thus, you're seeing it with rentals and purchases. I, for one, am going out tomorrow um, out to Long Island to look for a second home myself, right? So it just made me realize that, hey, I want to still be in the city, but in summer months where it's nice, the weather's amazing, I want to go out there with family, friends, and just enjoy, right? So it really talks about quality of life. And I think it's great for the markets in the suburbs, but I also feel that when all this is said and done, that there is no place like a major city, right? No matter if you're in New York City or any other place, if you're young and you're vibrant and you want to be in the hustle and the bustle, the theaters will open up again, the restaurants will be open up again, nightlife. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where we're not seeing it today because it's closed. So I think a lot of people are starting to, to talk to themselves and say, hey, is this a trend? But I think only time will tell that once New York City is open up fully, Will that be a trend or was that something of, you know, that that was just in a thought process that was just being expedited because of COVID-19 in terms of second homes and things of that nature? So I agree. And as far as second homes, you know, um, I I was not even as ugly. I mean, I was I had a real estate company on Long Island for dental. I wasn't really I hadn't bought Douglas Elliman yet. And um, I bought a second home and I lived on Long Island. I bought a second home in the Hamptons. And at that time. It was 20 years ago, probably. So people said, why would you do that? I mean, you live here. And I'd say, because I would drive on the expressway, and when you get to exit 70, which is where you get off of the Long Island Expressway to start to head to the Hamptons, I would feel like I was in another world. And I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to plan the trip. I didn't have to, you know, think, pack. I I would just, you know, and it could be the middle of the winter. It could be, you know... I just needed to get away, and it was just a drive, a, a quick drive, and I was in what I felt a whole other world. And it, it was really a, a, a safe haven for me, uh, you know, and it wasn't because of any virus. It was just I was so busy, and it was just kind of a place where I kind of chill. And I really think that's really what your dad, I think, will be a trend, second home. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I definitely think that. But good luck in your home searches. Okay. Um, Stephen, after the break, I'd like to ask you, I have a, a, a question, a big question for you. Uh, is renting a vacation home on a short-term basis considered residential or commercial? And uh, what should I do about that? Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A.